morning, church. Man, are y'all loving this weather? <laughs> it's amazing what a hurricane can do to cool things off. So I pray all of you survived it. I know we kind of, a lot of you probably didn't have power for a little while. Um, and for those of you who did, I was talking to somebody this morning who, who theirs just blinked, and I won't tell you who they were, because the rest of us like, we don't like you. Um, because it's not fair, because ours was off for day and a half or so, and uh, we survived. It's amazing what, uh, what you realize once everything's gone, like how first world we really are, <laughs> you know, like stuff like running water and flushing toilets, and some, it's amazing how that makes a difference to the world, uh, to us, but um, anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that, but let me just say welcome. I know it's Labor Day weekend, and for those of you in the room, man, that means a lot that you're here. Uh, in person with us, for you guys who are on the lake right now, we know who you are. We still love you, but you should be here with us because there's just nothing like worshiping together. Um, I don't know if you felt it, just ever just kind of take a deep breath and it just, and you exhale, it's just like, it's like just feels good. I just had one of those moments during It Is Well, you know, singing It Is Well, it's, it's well with my soul. God, I, things aren't like perfect for me and I don't know maybe how these issues are going to work out, but it's well. You know, and Eric was talking about it as well during the welcome of, you know, that song actually, if you, this is quick, it's not my notes, I'll give two minutes. That song, um, It Is Well, was written by a guy named Horatio. And Horatio um, was on a boat going to England. Two weeks prior, his wife and I think three daughters were on the same boat, uh, same kind of boat going uh, to England ahead of him, and they hit an iceberg, and the whole boat sank, and all of his family died. And the next two, following, two weeks following, Horatio went over to go bury his family. And on the way over, the captain stopped at the site of the crash and said, would you like to stop here for a minute? We'll let you pay your respects, because this is where your, your family is ultimately buried. And uh, he said, yes. And this song was originally written as a poem, and Horatio, standing on the bow of the ship where his family died, began to pen the words, it is well with my soul. Now, if he can pen that and write that, it was later put to music as the hymn, we know it, but if he can do that in a place like that, in a time like that in his life, then I think we've got problems that just ain't problems. And we can be a little more grateful and tell God it's well with my soul. When peace flows like a river, God, because it's from you. And I don't know, maybe that was just for me this morning, but I just felt, whew, take a deep breath and just kind of enjoy God for a minute. And uh, it was special to me. Well, we're going to jump into our series this morning. We're going to finish our What's Next series. If you're new to us, we do this series every year. Um, it's just kind of everything that the church is built around these couple Sundays, and we just want you to know and understand that, because I really do believe, again, if you understand our why, then you're going to understand our, our how and our what, that God's after something, and the progression goes something like this. He wants lost people saved, and once those people are saved, you want saved people pastored. Once they're pastored and they're helped through their issues, now he wants pastored people trained and then he wants trained people mobilized. In other words, they need to be doing something. We convert that into this. It would look like this. It should be on the screen behind me. It'll say, no God. And no God is, is salvation. 
know God, somebody help them back there, know God is um, the first step in all of this. It's us knowing who the Savior is because that's God's starting point. If you can't do that, then your quality of life and eternity is going to be greatly affected because there's only two places you can go. You're either with God or you're not with God. You're either in heaven or hell. So that's why it's so important. This is the lost people saved. Then you have finding freedom. Finding freedom is the quality of life on earth. God didn't intend you to live on earth bound by your yesterdays, standing in your own mess, being rejected, that God said, I've received you and accepted you, and you need to find freedom from your past because it affects your quality of life on earth. Then you have discover purpose. This is you understanding you were created on purpose for a purpose. You're not an accident, even if you were an accident. Even if your parents weren't expecting you, you were still here for a purpose by a God who put you here on purpose. And that's what we want you to learn to find out. We want you to find out that purpose. Because when you find out that purpose, you can begin to do what we're talking about today. And that is make a difference. That's, this is the people, train people being mobilized. And God promises in this. And this is where it kind of a little shift God promised something to us, and it's the promise of fulfillment. It's the promise of living a fulfilled life. It's different than the other three. The other three, know God, find freedom, discover purpose, are all spoken to me as an individual. I need to do those things. No matter how much you love somebody, you cannot know God for them. You cannot free them from their past. Only God can do that. And you can't be their purpose You can maybe help them discover it, but that's about it. But then in the fourth one, God says to his people, and this is all out of Exodus 6, if you want to go back and look, this is what we're building on. He says, I'm going to take you as my own people. He went from individuals to say, now we're going to be a group. Now we're going to be a team. One of the things we talk about in our One Step Connect classes, we kind of, if you're making this home, we make it to be getting your jersey. Because in Exodus chapter 6, this is what God said, I will take you as my own people, and I'm going to be your God. I'm going to receive you as a group, and I'm going to be your God. And we're going to go do something with this. He didn't just say this to, to just make a statement because he had an intent behind it. He wants you to do, he, God knows this, that together we can do a whole lot more than any one of us can do individually. But before we jump into to what this is, I want you to know how these other things, and this is essentially, so you know, if you're wondering about the One Step Connect class, for those of you who've been to it, you'll recognize this. If you haven't been to it, this is a, this is a preview in, in five minutes of what we talk about. And why? Because again, it's, it's the know the why, because then it gives you the, the what and the how. But I want to tell you how these know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference how they play out right now as we sit here, how they play out next door in the kids' church. Which, by the way, if, you've, if you have kids over in the building, when you go in, look at the wall. You'll see a version of No Gone, Find Freedom, Discover Purpose, Make a Difference. They have their own version that matches this. So by the time they go through zero through elementary school and end up over here with us on Sunday mornings, these four things are familiar to them. They already know them, and they learn them every week. But the first thing is knowing God. How does that practically play out? It plays out in what you're doing right now. 
Because our promise to you, and you hear this in One Step Connect, if you bring people, we promise to be ready. To the best of our ability, we promise to have the music ready, the sermon ready, the slides ready, the building's clean, the coffee's ready. Somebody's there to receive you as you check your kids in. Somebody's there to, to help you pick your kids up. That Everything's ready. The kids' church is planned. They have enough materials. It's because we want you to... We want to take away every barrier, anything that may get in somebody's way to try to keep them from knowing God. And it's sad as humans, but do you know, I've actually had a pastor friend of mine who has a much larger church, and they did a study with visitors. I get this, this is deep. Between visitors, new people, guests as they call them, and the bathrooms. And they had a high number of people who walked in the door for the first time. They live in a little bigger city, so they had to drive a little bit distance to get there. Well, what's the first thing you do when you come in the building? Where's the bathroom? Go into the bathroom, and those days when the bathroom was not clean to the, an acceptable level, those same people left. Now, we would say that's carnal and maybe childish or petty, but... But if that's a hurdle between somebody and their eternity, then we need to fix it, right? right. We, need, we need to address it. So that's knowing God. It happens through the weekend service, and it can happen at home. You can, be, you can get saved and know Jesus right in the comfort of your own, own bed or you know, in the shower in the morning. But I believe the seeds are planted because God brought you here to begin this process. The second thing, finding freedom, we talk about it in grow groups. Grow groups is our, our small groups. That's where we get in and do life together and talk about life. The Bible tells us that, uh, that it's, we go to God for forgiveness, but you go to God's people for healing. There's something healing about sharing your story. There's something freeing about somebody else in the room knowing that you have an issue that you don't know what to do. And maybe they share that issue and it's something you can walk through, th through together. The third thing Discover purpose. We walk that out, which will be next Sunday, uh, Sunday evening in our One Step Connect. That's to help you, not only to give you a jersey, get you on the team, teach you the playbook, which we, the Bible, the word, and then we say, okay, now where do you want to serve? What position do you want to play? And we help you discover purpose because, again, we want you to doing something together bigger than you could ever do alone. That's in making not just a difference, but notice this word we added here, making an eternal difference. See, when we feed somebody, and the Bible says that you give somebody a cup of water, you're not just quenching their thirst, but you're opening the door for them to make an eternal decision to drink from a different cup of water that answers a whole different question than just, I'm thirsty. That's why we're serving. We designed this this whole thing to keep you back on your, put you back on your course to be able to serve and make a difference. And the make a difference for us happens in the dream team. Because the Bible tells us that there's a real devil and he's coming after us. And when he comes after us, I think sometimes when he can't get you unsaved, because he's not going to, he can't do that to you, he can have, he can cause us to leave life unfulfilled. He can cause you to leave something on the table that God has for us. I don't know about you, but we can probably all think of name, maybe growing up, one of your favorite meals, like something your mom or grandmother used to make, and there was nothing left on the table, right? My, my grandmother on my, 
my mom's mother used to make one of those like micro layer caramel cakes. You know, it's that tall, but it's thousands of tiny little layers. And it had the density of like magnesium or some heavy metal, you know. But there was never much of that left when she put it on the table. She didn't offer us something that we didn't fully consume. And I want you to begin to think of life that way for God because he's got so much more. Even if you think life is good now, God's got more. Even if you think life is good now, there's something better. The Bible tells us in John 10.10 that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And God says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. That everything I've got is available to you if we just do it. That's why making a difference is so important because it not only fulfills us, but we're, we're consuming everything that God has for us. So why then? Why are we leaving stuff on the table? My personal opinion, and I think there may be others too, but I, I think it's this. I think it's, we want God to fix the problem, but God, what he's really wanting to do is change me. We say, God, if you'll just take this a person or a thing or an issue that's the problem and just move it. God, I love my neighbor, but they're the problem. Can they move to the other side of the county, right? Well, maybe they're not the issue. Maybe it's in here. So the easy thing is to say, God, just move them. Not God change me. I had a, a guy I was counseling, and he said, listen, I just need this person to not be around me because when they're around me, I'm a jerk. And I knew this guy for a fairly long time, and I said, brother, I hate to tell you this, but you're always a jerk. <laughs> it's in you. Your anger is in you. That person just happens to be the one that knows where the button is. But you're, it's something in you. So it's God changed me. That when we do that, then we can begin to live this fulfilled life. So why, again, why do we do it? Let me give you a couple. The first one is, I let my yesterdays determine my tomorrows. This is a value thing. This is a how, much, how, how good or good or how much you feel like you're valued. This is why we want to help people take steps to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, because God says in you, your value is so much so that I sent my son for you. Your value is so high that if it was just you on this earth, I would have still sent Jesus for, for you. That my yesterdays, let me just give it to you for me. And through today, you'll hear, I put everything in first person because I was repeating this to myself. I want you to be able to do the same things. That I let my yesterdays determine my tomorrows. And what happened with me is I became, I became mired in this world of other people's opinions. And they just began to stack up. And suddenly I began to drown. I had people asking me these questions about 10 years ago or so. Who do you think you are? What makes you feel like you can stand on, those, on that stage and talk about God to people? I, I mean, literally, directly ask this question. I, I was, I don't know. Maybe my dad jokes are funny. I, I don't, maybe every now and then I preach a good one and it works. I, I don't know. Then I was asked, you think you're good enough? 
And I began to see this, that I was drowning in the whispers of my yesterday. That I was allowing people to, and the devil used people to tell me, well, I don't think this, and you, I remember when you said this, and you did that, and that was not godly, and you, your life wasn't right. And I began to just drown in, this, the, drowned in the whispers of yesterday. I think there are a lot of you that say, I'm, not, I'm letting my yesterdays dictate my tomorrows because the devil reminds you of it, but also people remind you of it, right? Am I the only one? Like people that, it's very easy to go walk into a room instead of, again, change me to go, oh yeah, that's your issue. And yeah, that's your issue and that's your issue. And we begin to point out other people's issues all the while. The Bible says we, we have a log in our own eye. We don't, we don't see our, the, that issue in our own life. So don't drown in the whispers of yesterday. They're made to feel guilty and condemned. And it, David in, in Psalms actually writes this and says in Psalms 38.4 that my guilt overwhelms me. Anybody ever felt this? It's a burden too much to bear. This is big today. Why? Because have you seen suicide rates? Have you seen suicide rates among 18, or it's, I think it's 12 or 13 to 18? It's because they're feeling guilty because the world's changing the game on them. They're drowning in their, the whispers of, of online social media and getting pounded, and they don't think they can make a difference because they don't think they can do anything but be defined by their yesterdays. Look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 11. This is out of the message paraphrase, and it says, Are you tired? Yes. Are you worn out? Yes. Are you burned out on religion? Yes. And God says, well, come, come with me. I, I, you know, I get asked this time, and I've told the story of being on an airplane, and people ask you about church or what you do. I, well, I'm in... You know, I think about lying, I'm in sales, I'm a motivational speaker, whatever. Because if you say church, then people want to get in this argument. And I always tell people, listen, I'm tired of religion too. I don't like religion. If you want to come to a religious church, go somewhere else. Isn't that good for you to come to church, visitors today, and the pastor tell you to go somewhere else? But no, I just, I don't like religion. This is about relationship. And God says, come with me. And when you come with me, I'm going to teach you something. I'm going to teach you that even though you're tired, you're worn out, I'll recover your life and I'll show you how to make real rest. Look at the second half of the verse here. It says, walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it, learn. And it uses this phrase, the unforced rhythms of grace. That you can begin to get your life in a rhythm of, in rhythm with God and begin to live it, making a difference. I'm not gonna be heavy on you. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put anything that's not gonna fit you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live free and light. This is crazy to say, but the more you think about making a difference in somebody else's life, the freer and the lighter your life will be. It's counterintuitive to us. But the more you do it, it, will, it works. I'm just telling you. Take your issue. Let me ask this question. This is not my notes, another rabbit trail. How many of you can raise your hand right now and you can identify I've got this issue or problem in my life. Big, small, most of us in the room. Let me tell you how to fix it. Go find somebody else with a problem that's bigger than yours and go help them solve their problem. And watch what God does with yours. Why? Because 
This is about doing something for other people. This is about a bigger group. Keep company with me and I'll teach you to live freely and lightly. Another reason we live unfulfilled. This one's big today. I'm going to try my best not to go off on this one, but this is hard. That I allow truth, notice the capital T, to be relative. There is truth with a capital T. This is God. This is God saying I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Some versions say forever. Some versions say forever and ever. Some, some versions say always. There's God's truth. And the problem is it, we, the world uses it to change. The devil uses the world to play this game. Um, one analogy you'll hear people say is it's like moving the goalpost or moving the goal line. That in all the college football games yesterday, what if somebody just randomly said, oh yeah, we're going to move the goal line 10 yards forward, 10 yards backwards. It's not a fair game if that's constantly moving, and that's what the world does to us. See, the world tells us this, that I can have my own truth. Have you ever talked to somebody and said, well, this is, what this is, this is my truth? Well, your truth is a lowercase t. Your truth, whether it's true or not, doesn't trump God's truth. And we just change the definitions. We change the identity and the definition of relationships. You have parents and children, and now you got people saying, well, no, the parents aren't the parents anymore. The children are should be in charge, and children can sue their parents. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy. We have the defining of husband and wife, the moral redefining of our, of our community, of our city and our state and our country. We're lowering standards down. We're, we're shoving kids into places they shouldn't be, and in clothes they shouldn't be wearing. There, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're redefining, well, this is a child. Well, no, you're 12, 13, 14. You shouldn't look like you're 19, 20, 21. Right? Am I in the wrong place? Come back next week, I'll be nice. We change the identity. And this has a lot to do, you'll see this, with making a difference. Culture just changes the name to redefine it of something that was now was acceptable. Now it's unacceptable. They changed the name. Anybody remember the story in the Old Testament of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? For those of you who have kids, it's Rack, Shack, and Benny from VeggieTales. If you want to learn a great Bible study, just Google it. It's on YouTube, Rack, Shack, and Benny. It's the VeggieTales version of, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But did you know this? Those, those three names are not their real names. Their Hebrew names were different, and their Hebrew names all meant something. I worship God. God is strong. I'm a man of God. And they changed their names. Why? Because they were trying to change their identity. They were trying to rename and redefine them. And what they changed, matter of fact, the guy who was named, basically he was named, I am a man of God. I'm a, it was their version of, I'm a manly man. I'm a godly man. They changed his name to basically say, I think I'm a woman. Sound familiar? And this was in the Old Testament thousands of years ago. Culture just redefines what it wants to be true. And when you really get down to it, it becomes something crazy like, 
that sign no longer says stop, it says go. Well, what's going to happen when you change your truth to say go and the sign says stop? You're going to get hit because your truth does not trump truth with a capital T. It's a big deal today. Let me show you this. Let me bring it home, especially for you. Okay, honest, very honest, and instant answer. Ready? you got to answer this. Everybody in the room, online. How many of you right now on your phone have at least one social media? The rest of you are lying. Or 102. Listen to this. I'm telling you, we just changed the culture. It's a big deal today. We play this truth game. We literally, this is not even a fishtail figurative, this is straight truth. We literally filter what? The truth. Why? Grab Instagram, throw on a filter, make fish lips, whatever face it is that you ladies, I still don't get fish lips. I also now have been instructed that when you take a selfie with a group, you got to hold it up high. And the real reason is that nobody wants to see their turkey neck. Again, filtering the truth. We take the picture. What happens? We start scrolling through what? Filters. Ooh. Hmm. 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 Uh, okay. And what, you, what have you done? You're filtering reality. I dare somebody to do this. They make makeup challenges. If you're one that posts a lot, and some of you do already do this, and then you know who you are, and I've, I've applauded you for it. Take a picture first thing in the morning. Roll out of bed, sit up, say hello world, and take a picture, and post that picture. No filter, just you. That's truth with a capital T, right? Filter, filter, makeup, you know, change. We, we, we just change it. Or we hide the truth through one of those that makes you got big eyes and a big mouth and just totally distorts you. That's what the world's doing. Filter. I don't like the way they have filter. I don't like the way it makes me feel. But I don't want to change. God, I need you to fix the problem, not change me. So we leave life unfulfilled. Look what Romans chapter 1 says this. It says, so God said, in effect, if that's what you want, that's what you'll get. And it wasn't long before they were living in a pig pen, smeared with filth, filthy inside and out. Look at the second part of this verse. And all of this because they traded the true God, and say it with me, for a fake God. What did they do? Filter. I don't want to change. God will let me do something else. I don't want to just filter. They fake God. They worship the God they made instead of the God who made them. The God who we bless blesses us. It's all about truth. You can't filter out truth. Truth was with a capital T, God's truth is always truth. Another reason we left unfulfilled, unlived, and remember this, because the devil always wants to disconnect you with the relationships. And this, this is big, that I fly solo. God never intended any of us to fly solo. He never intended any man to be by themselves. By man, I mean us as humans. He said, I put you in a group. And a lot of you need people in your life. Even if you don't like people, you need people in your life. A lot of us will say, I don't do, it. I don't do life with people because people are a pain. I agree. 
If you're in a job that you deal with people every day, you, you run across people who they're just, they ruin it for everybody. But the devil's goal is to reduce your relationships, get you out on your own, cause you to be isolated because he knows that when you connect with God's people, it just brings you closer to him. When you serve with God's people, it just brings you closer to him. That distrust, isolation. I fly solo because I live suspicious of people. There's a verse in, in, written by Solomon in the Old Testament. This is a book called Ecclesiastes. And in Ecclesiastes, he says this. There was a man that was all alone. He had neither son nor brother. In other words, he had no family. He was a workaholic. And he had a lot of money. Yet there was no, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. Why? Because he had nobody in his life. God's promise for fulfillment with us is not me as an individual. That there's this, there's this fancy word called transcendent. And transcendent just simply means this, that I, I go beyond me. Well, the only way I can go beyond me is to do it with a group, is to go with a group. Because I can only do so much myself, but together we go, we go further. I go beyond my limits. That God's built in us this desire to be in a part of a group. Have you ever noticed that, even like yesterday, you watch it in, in Sanford Stadium in the, the Georgia game, that there's, there's an energy that people like being in that group. People like being fan-based. People, it, they all, they're not just cheering because they're Georgia fans. A lot of times they're cheering because the energy of the room carries them forward. We see, we need to understand. Let me give you another one. College. It amazes me what people will do to be a part of a fraternity or sorority. If you didn't go to college or haven't seen it, it is mind-blowing what people will do just to be a part of a group that makes you pay them to be a part of their group, right? They don't even really like you. They just like your money. I'm paying you to be a part of a group. It's just something in us. But we need to understand this. This is why God put it in you. God saves a person, but he fulfills his people. He saves us individually, but he fulfills us as a group. And if you want in on it, you have to be a part of the group. You have to be a part of making a difference. That's why people will revert to tribes, people groups. They're a part of something bigger than them. Okay, now real quick, I'll, I went long, so I'm going to run through this quick. Let me give you this. How do we walk it out? How do we walk this out? Well, you have to start by knowing this. And again, this is always in first person. I have always been a part of God's plan. Even when you were screwing up the worst, doing the worst in life, the lowest place in life, you have always been a part of God's plan. Why? Because you were created on purpose for a purpose. This is not just me as the pastor. That God's the plan as God intended, and let's listen to that word, intended, can't happen without you. Look what Paul writes in 2 Timothy 1.9. He says, he saved us and called us to a holy life, not because anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and his grace. His purpose 
and his grace. And when you really grab this and you understand that you're a part of God's plan, something happens. If you've been around, you've heard me say this before. Again, you're all, nobody will lie to me, right? Right? Nobody's lying. I'm going to answer the question. Nobody lies. How many of you said this morning, and don't put the slide up, how many of you said this morning, I got to go to church? Or some fashion, like it was some out external mandate? A lot of you. How many of you got this morning and said, put your feet on the floor and said, today I get to go to church? See, some of you have been here long enough that you've allowed your got to to change into a get to. Do you know how many times, if I had a penny for every time Mel and I were told this phrase, we could pay off the church and probably buy whatever the church needed. If people said to me, I got to get back in church. My thought is, no, 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 you serve a God who you should be saying, even when I'm nasty, wrong, dirty, and told God where he could stick it, that I, I get to go to church. Because there's a lot of other places, when you did, if you had did and done what you, everything you did in life, they would tell you, we don't want you back. God says, you get to come back. So your got to becomes your get to when you begin to understand you're serving people. The next thing, I understand God's plan points at one purpose. God has one purpose, and that's the people who are far from him to bring them close to him. Then all the blessings, everything starts from there. God says, I'm doing this. I sent my son to bring you closer. That we understand that everything in life is not about me. Anybody know somebody that feels that acts like that? Everything's about them? Life is not about you. Life is not about you doing something great. Because we make doing something great, making lots of money, maybe a big invention that makes you millions of dollars or hitting the lottery or whatever, about me being great. No. And there are a lot of rich people who haven't realized this yet, but when they do, life changes in a big, great way for them. When they realize that God blesses you with more so you can do more. God blesses some of, some of you are more gifted than I ever thought about being. You've got more gifting in your little finger than all of me, and you're doing nothing with it. Why? Because God blessed you with those gifts, not so you could just say, hey, look, I can do this, 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 and this. A friend of mine I know, he can play, um, he can play any instrument he picks up. Matter of fact, I'll tell you the guy. Guy, if you're watching, um, Stephen Baird. He was a friend of mine. He's one of the best drummers. Isaiah... Is great, but Isaiah will tell you, if you know Stephen, Stephen can play four rhythms all at the same time, one on each hand and foot. And he's playing them, he's tapping them. And you say, switch this left foot, right foot. And he changes without even thinking. He's got these gifts, but I know he uses those gifts to serve God. And a lot of us have gifts we're not even doing anything with. God blessed you with, if it's finances, if it's gifting, if it's just... Maybe caring, comfort. Maybe you're good at just throwing an arm around somebody. God blessed you with that so you could do more with it than sit on it. I had a guy I know tell me one time, he said, I think people have, people have no idea the power that they're sitting on. And by that, he meant all the gifts and abilities and things that God's done in your life. The way you make a difference is you share that. 
It's about, it's about eternal changes. Acts chapter 20 says, my life is worth, not worth living to me unless I finish the work. What's the work? Telling the good news. My, God's plan points at one purpose. And I'll tell you this. Ushers, you guys can go do your thing. The, the happiest people on earth, I'm going to put it on the screen here so you can see this. The happiest people on earth are those making an eternal difference in others' lives. And we can prove this. In November, I'm taking a group of guys back. I can show it to you in 180 kids' faces that have nothing, and their mothers that have nothing. And anybody who's been to Honduras Honduras with us will look, look you in the eye and tell you they're happy. Why? It's because at the care point, they're not only feeding them, clothing them, teaching them, they are teaching them to make a difference. They're going around in their own little communities, helping people, serving people, and they get it that it's not about stuff, things. It's about making a difference, an eternal difference in somebody's lives. When that happens, you begin to make a difference. You have a focus change. Much like the got to to get to, that for me, it was this shift of my focus changes from me to we. So it's about me to know it's not about me. It's about we. It's about those people out there who need to be in here. It's about the lost that are far from God out there that we can help them come close. That my focus changes. And here's the honest truth, and you're probably not gonna expect me as a pastor to say this as we close, but this is true. I learned this, it's a tough lesson, but I learned it. It can be done without you. There's none of us that is the cog in the wheel that the world revolves around. We could get by. There's a great team of people over there serving your kids right now. Can we use more? Certainly. But are we going to get the job done for God with what we got? Yes. So it's not about that. It's about your fulfillment. I want you to experience what we believe. The dream team, we want you to see the promise that, that you can understand this, that we can do more together than we can alone. We need you. We need you because we want that fulfillment. Ecclesiastes 4 says this, that two are better than one. Why? Because they have a better return for their labor. If I have to lift a heavy object, I was talking to one of the linemen guys, the power linemen that were cutting trees the last couple of days, and they were talking about a big tree. And he said, I just couldn't move it by myself. But three other workers came in, and the four of us moved it. It sounds so simple and stupid, but it's, that's us in life. It's a whole lot easier and a whole lot more efficient to have the help to make it work, to have the people making a difference. And we'll close with this. Why don't you go ahead and stand? Stand with me. The Bible says in John chapter 15 that I'm, when I'm a disciple, I bear fruit. I bear fruit. And if you, if you scroll down from that, or page over, in John chapter 15, verse 11, it says this, that I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy and your joy will overflow. I'm gonna mess you guys up in the, in the back and ask you to, to go back a slide. 
that fulfillment comes when I am with God's people making a difference. Making a difference. As individuals, we know God. As individuals, we let God bring us freedom. As individuals, we discover a purpose. But the way you find fulfillment is being on a team, making an eternal difference. Everybody in this room, everybody watching online has a gift. And our job is to help you find it. And then when you're fulfilled, here's the great thing. The, God's just smarter than we are. As we're being fulfilled, people's eternities are being forever changed. As we're being filled with joy, people's lives are being put back together. As we're being just feeling good, people's families are being put back together because we're making a difference. It could be as simple as you sent an invite and invited somebody here this morning. It could be as big as you went out and served people during the storm. It could be you're in the ushers, the greeters, the praise team. You're over serving, loving the kids, hugging a baby. But you're making a difference. You're given more to do more, not to just get all you can, can all you get, and then we sit on the can. You know what cans do when they sit in the ground? They rust and they become useless. Don't look back and go, God, you gave me all this and I, I wasted it. But for some of you, once you bow your head and close your eyes, you say, Clint, I need to start the process. I can't think about making a difference because I don't know God. The Bible is clear that it says if you believe Jesus is who he says he is, he came for you, he died for you, he rose again, he sits at the right hand of the Father, he paid your debt, he paid the bill you couldn't pay. You confess it with your mouth, you believe it in your heart. The Bible says well, that you're saved, salvation, no God is, is working. And now we're gonna start with the rest. Then we'll work out the other issues. For some of you this morning, you just need to make that prayer. Right where you sit, I'm not gonna call you the front, but it simply goes like this. God, I, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. I need your son, Jesus. I need to follow you, God. I believe everything about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. You pray that, you're good. If that was you this morning online or in the room, fill out the connect card in front of you. We wanna help you along this way to help you get closer. For the rest of us, I'm encouraging you. What's, what's resting away? What are you sitting on? What's in the ground? What gifts do you have that you're just letting go? And if you wanna know where to use them, if you haven't, come to One Step Connect next week call us if you've been through the classes and you just maybe stop serving and want to get back we have needs but let me say this right way. we have needs but we trust God for we trust God to meet our needs not people but the funny thing is God uses people to do what meet our needs and fulfills you in the process there's a place for you why don't you bow your head and close your eyes and then we'll sing this last song God I thank you in Jesus name Thank you for a beautiful Labor Day weekend, God, for all those traveling that you keep them safe as they go and as they come. God, we thank you for watching over us last week as the storm came through. But for my family, my friends here with today, those watching online, God, if we're not doing something we need to be, if we're sitting on a gift, God, stir it in us and let us begin to serve you with everything we are as a group so that you're not only fulfill us, but God will change the world that's outside those doors. And God, we thank you for it now.
God, that you come and have your way in our lives because you're good and we love you and we worship you, Father.